This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. And Dal Roots is here. I am. Hello. I'm, my voice is a little strained after six podcasts last week, so I've returned to the strepsils, and uh, I'm back and firing. Things you do for the for the people. I know. If you're wondering where uh, your Patreon money is going, it's going Watch down my... Is. Hang on, wait. No, that's... Yep. Uh... Anyway. Yeah, yeah we're firmly in the pocket throat. of Moving on. <laughs> big butter menthol. At, yeah, big at butter 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 butter. But anyway, we've done it. We've survived. We've made it to the end of another season of the National Rugby League. COVID-19 threatened to take it away, but we persevered and we've come out the other side of it with, once again, the Melbourne Storm being crowned the Premiers. Their first crown since 2017, a long agonizing wait for their fan is over with them coming out 26 to 20 winners on Sunday night. Um, oh, wow. That was that was quite beautiful. Bunker. Thank quite, you. And well um, before I kick it over to you guys, I, I, I mean, my initial observation just broadly speaking, is that much like the prelim score uh, didn't show how dominant Penrith were, this final score did not show how dominant Melbourne were, Mitchell. I feel like it's, and, and our good friend Nick Canton said it to me on the night, during, during many of his harebrained rants post full time, uh, that this is the closest to the 2001 grand final result in terms of yeah. scoreline. Like, if everyone's forgotten, the 2001 grand final is that the famous Knights-Parramatta grand final, and uh, obviously the game was over at halftime in that instance as well. And then you look at the scoreline, you think, oh, yeah, 24-30. Must have been close. It wasn't. This one. If you want to listen to an hour-long podcast about that, by the way, we did one with Harry Ramage earlier in the year. Go back. Yeah, and find please, it. please go and listen to that one. It's a very good episode. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, that's a great. I think that's a great comparison because yeah, this game was completely and utterly over, and it was is it was absolutely insane. We were sitting there watching it, and when they had a you know a kickoff and they were going to have one play to score a try against eleven players, we were kind of like, oh, you know, there's a chance. There's a little chance. It was crazy um, that it ended up being as close as it was because Melbourne were absolutely brilliant um, and the game was well and truly over for, for me by halftime. I don't think there's any disagreements, mate. I mean, we were sitting there watching together and the same thing, thought it was over by halftime. And I know, you know, you can hear the, the, the things that everyone heard during the broadcast about how it was unfair on Penrith and the score didn't reflect the run of play. And, and I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding, not by him, but by many people that like, you can have the ball, but be getting dominated. Yeah. And Penrith for that, like Penrith did have a lot of field position. They should have scored points, but they did not. And there's, they saw them were, were playing a really compressed defense. If, you know, the wingers and centers were shooting in and they were daring Penrith to beat them and go around it when they could not. And then they were countering really well. And then any set that, the Storm got a decent kickoff on the end of it. They crushed Penrith on their kick return. Yeah, poor Dylan Edwards got folded a bunch of times. He did. Uh, a good friend, Jason NRL from uh, on Twitter, he did a thing for the Rugby League riders today, and, and he mentioned this set from Asofa Solomona, and, and everyone probably remembers the first tackle, but Asofa Solomona absolutely murders Dylan Edwards on the kick return. and then But then he also chops Mansour on tackle three and chops Yo on tackle four, and that's the set that Tyro May throws a forward pass on the end of. But that was what pressure forced from, from Melbourne is that they, they stuck them down there in, in their own 40 still at the end of the half down 16. 
And so to tackle four, they try and spread it without a roll on and they make a mistake. But that's the stuff that Pen- the Storm were doing in defense that was forcing Penrith's mistake. And that's why they were on top the mm-hmm. whole time. Even when very early kick out looked like he was going to crack them and he was cracking Jerome Hughes, Storm had bodies coming from everywhere to stop those, those moments. And there'd be so many plays in that first, you know, first 20 minutes that Penrith looked like they had an overlap. And it didn't matter because the Storm were well and truly on top with how physical and how smart they played. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think... That's a great point because whilst they did have a lot of territory, you're right. They didn't do anything with it. It wasn't like the prelim where they were well and truly on top and they butchered four or five tries. The only real instance they had of where they probably should have scored and didn't was when Cleary threw that egregious intercept for Vunavalu. But apart from that, yes, they were getting down there a lot, but they were getting belted at the line basically every time. And even Cleary's normally pinpoint kicking game wasn't as good as we've come to expect it to have been all year. So just because you have the ball doesn't mean you're dominating. And, and I think, I mean, the memes have been rolling for three days now, just Mm. like um, people (laughs) posting various sort of um, lopsided situations and saying Gus Gould thinks X is probably (laughs) on top here. And it's been great. Like I think we had like the Germans, Gus Gould thinks the Germans are on top of operation Barbarossa. Someone posted a screenshot of an AFL game today where it was a hundred nil at quarter time or something. And someone was like the team that's losing is on top here. And it's just, it was great. Um, But yeah, Naz was fantastic. Christian Welch was really good as well. And it, how do you go? It's just surprising to me that Penrith can go from in the space of eight days, going from beating the shit out of another forward pack and basically winning mm. a prelim on the back of their forwards to just getting completely torn apart by, by Melbourne. And obviously, you know, there are, I think the quality of the Melbourne pack is slightly higher than Souths, but Still, it was, I think that was probably the biggest shock of the night. I mean, I know you two both tip Melbourne and I tip Penrith, but I don't think any of us expected their forwards to be so dominant. I, I don't know if I think the Penrith pack got that dominated. I, do, I don't know if I, but I, I do think that um, their playmakers definitely did. I, I know Agreed. their forward pack got dominated in some of the physical conduct and you get pulled on their back very often by the Storm pack, but I don't feel like the Storm pack was steamrolling them. I think they were obviously winning the ruck, winning mm. the point of contact, but I didn't feel like the Storm Pack was just making meters at will on them, if you get me. I do. I think you're probably saying, Bunga, I'd have more so how the Storm team were winning the ruck. Hey, they were putting Penrith on their back. Yeah, the ruck time control time. was exceptional. I mean, there were times there when I think Cam Munster tried to wrestle one of the Penrith forwards and he did this like weird kind of UFC rolling takedown of him on the ruck, like in the ruck. And I was like, like they're in so much trouble here must've been in the first half and it was those, it's those kind of like four or five seconds, just little wrestles that you've got to go, you've got to do again and again and again and again. If you're a forward, those, as much as the contact takes it out of you, like physically takes that impact, takes it out of you and the running takes it out of your legs. But like having that core strength to go again and again, when you're being like physically dominated by two or three blokes and being rolled and trying to get up and being pinned back down, like, that's where the pack, as you were saying, was just being, it was stopping all the momentum. And I think the other point that you were making about the pack not necessarily getting like beat up, every time Penrith took the ball out of their own end, whether it was, it was mostly Edwards, as you were saying, but like whether it was Edwards or one of the other outside backs, they just got absolutely creamed every every kick return and because they weren't making those relatively easy meters it meant that they just had to they had to work that much harder um to get up the field so obviously if you're not making those meters there the meters have got to come from somewhere and that as you were saying kind of 
add in the kick pressure that was, I think was the first time that we'd seen Nathan Cleary be put under real pressure with his kicks, especially kind of those um, like more kind of inside his attacking 40 kicks. Cause obviously they had a lot of possession, uh, a lot of field position rather, but like, as I said, if you're trying to kick a pinpoint, you know, put a pinpoint kick in from 35 meters, it's a lot more difficult to do that from there than it is from 15 meters. And those 20 meters were coming from, the meters that weren't being made at the beginning of the set. So obviously like Melbourne had a plan. They stuck to it relatively well. And they just, it was, it, I mean, a war of attrition is a little bit rough, but like it wasn't, as you were saying, it's not Operation Barbarossa, but uh, yeah, like a pen, Melbourne's plan to just kind of slow everyone down and slowly suck the life out of them really paid dividends in the end i think especially at the end of this at the end of the first half when Smith went over yeah but let's we should let's let's jump back to the start of the match and probably take it sort of big play by big play so obviously the first big call which i think all three of us well we mean we were sitting together so we all know that we all agreed but penalty try justin olam i would go first big call is uh brinko lee throwing the ball back in from the sideline 15 minutes from his own goal fair enough that's a fair point (laughs) he had to do that he did the right thing yeah um but um, yeah, clear penalty try. I mean, d- d- could you have to be completely but, insane yeah. to think Tyrone May didn't know what he was doing? Well, again, no. you were there with me, Bungard, and I was calling it first look penalty yep. try. Same. Because, like, Tyrone May, as you said, mate, legs don't just kick out like that. He kicked the ball out of his hand. He did a slide tackle. He did a slide tackle. And the ball I'm was over he, the line. He, I'm surprised he didn't get up making the all ball sir motion with his hands. Like, yeah. um, and yeah. I love people just cl- cl- clutching to like, but it wasn't conclusive. Like, what do you mean wasn't conclusive? He's five centimeters from the ground with the ball in his hands. What do you yeah, think is going to happen? Foot, his foot moved, like his foot moved forward yeah. towards and the he's ball. He's staring at the ball. He, I can't, like, and it's weird because a lot of the time there is, I mean, there wasn't much conjecture this time around. I think most people, apart from like the absolute lunatics who think nothing is ever a penalty try, had no issues with this one and nor should they have. Yeah, 100%. I think most people are on board that this was a penalty yeah. try. Agreed. And and the video ref summed it up when he was like, the the ball was lost, but in our opinion, he would have scored otherwise. Like, yeah. that's all it has to be. And this is, that's that's why it always, uh, you know, we've laughed a million times, people misquote that rule and say, oh, but how can you be sure? It's like, well, no, mate, ball's in his hands. He's falling onto the try line. What do you And then it suddenly wasn't. And there's a foot. Because yeah, someone times. kicked it out of his hand. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, good call. Gutsy call, honestly, like, I know that we all think it was the right decision, but it's really easy for them in that situation to to give a sin bin or just a penalty and not give a penalty try. Um, Three minutes in as well. It would have been as ridiculous, said. but I think good on them for making a what what, what I thought was a gutsy yep. call. Um, and I, just, I don't know though, the bunker didn't get everything right, and we'll get to uh, yes. something else later. But I think this was a this was an excellent call and, and a brave one that had to be made. I was, was going to ask, are Melbourne the only two teams to have got a penalty try in the NRL? In the grand final. In the grand final. I wish you asked this before the bloody podcast. Yeah, hell, I went and looked it up before and I couldn't I couldn't think <laughs> Look, of one. I, I can confidently say they're the only team that has two. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. But I, I was thinking back on it today and I was just like, they're surely they're the only two that I can remember. The the Jamie Ernst go on and the Tyrone May one. Yeah, well, yeah, it's great asking us on air and asking on air now. I can search. What if I search the word penalty try on on in the internet now? Just, just, just do it while I'm shouting at the patrons later. Yeah, anyway, the every game, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. an explainer from buzzfeed.com. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so no issues there. Um, Melbourne on top. That was, uh, and although, sorry, not on top, but in front on the scoreboard. And then 
you know, a couple of penalty goals later. And it's, it's funny because right as the graphic flashed up on the TV screen saying, um, play the balls inside opposition 20, Melbourne Storm 2, Penrith 23. Ivan Cleary then threw that catastrophic intercept and uh, Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary. What did I say? Last week too. Ivan Ivan again. Call him Ivan again? No, well, Ivan didn't. Yeah. Th- Ivan's worst intercept was that put him flat so, Tyrone. Well, Ivan's pitch. worst intercept was intercepting Brent Naden on his way onto the field and saying, uh, no, Brent, mate, come with hit, me. Hit, hit the bench. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, we've praised Mansour a lot this year, but I mean, for Vunavalu to basically catch that ball, fall over, and then get up again and still outrun him, not great. Jerome Luai was Jerome Luai was through the line and almost caught him, and Mansour was like chugging along like Thomas the tugboat. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Like Vuni's quick and Mansour's not, but it was still pretty funny given yeah. the start he gave him. Yeah, um, I want to mention. So before that, there's an earlier set. I think it's about 15 minutes in, and and it ends up with that weird play on the right hand side when Toro May flicks it out at the back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that play, and there's another play. Uh, I think it's before they go left, and Stephen Crichton gets held up by Jerome Hughes. Like, yep. Nathan Cleary was dog shit in those two plays as well. He, yep. he so and when I first watched this, and Tyro May did have a Barney, he did. But rewatching it, there's a couple of times he did the wrong thing with possession, but he also should not have been given possession. And one of those is that instance is that Cleary goes to the line, and Liam Martin is running a line on his right. And Martin gets in the way of Cleary passing directly to Tyrone May. At this point, Adokar is really jammed up. He's jammed up in the line. There is so if if Cleary goes over the top, he has an open Dylan Edwards and an open Brian Tuo. There's nobody marking them. This is five meters out. But instead, he goes to the line, can't play short to Tyrone May. So turns around and plays short to Tyrone May. Like throws it, they stops, turns and throws yeah, it the other way to like May. A backhanded pass kind of thing. And so at that point. Adokar gets into into May's face and May just throws it out the back. So in both instances, either Cleary has to go over the top, have the balls go over the top to Dylan Edwards or take the tackle. And then Tyron May has to take the tackle. But that's Cleary's fault for throwing that pass. Yep. You know, and then May did a dumb thing. He did the thing that you do if you're down 12 with 10 to go, just threw the ball at the back again. But that's what happened in this grand final that wasn't happening for Penrith all year. They were playing like a team chasing points the whole way mm. through it. That, and they made a lot of mistakes doing that. And that was one of those instances. And the other instances, Cleary did the same kind of thing is that he went slow to the line and the shape broke down out behind, behind him. And then on the intercept, again, he's playing slow, jogging across the, front, the face of st- the storm. And when that play starts, Vunuvalu is 10 meters out of position. Yeah. He's like on the goal line too deep uh, and also in too narrow. And you can see, watch it again. He shits his pants like he's almost miscounted the tackle count Vinavalo has and starts running. I saw that too. Like yeah, he was and waiting then, for a kick. Yeah, and he starts running and then Cleary throws that lofted pass whilst Vinavalo has, has a running start. So he just gets it on the Vinavalo run. Vinavalo jumps from like the defensive line and catches it on Stephen Crichton's face. Like it wasn't, I mean, obviously he was horribly out of position. Like he's back there waiting for a kick and he must have been like, hang on, they've only done three tackles. Yeah, well, once Cleary starts moving, but he, he moves so slow. And this yeah. happens in Origin too, is that you've got to play flat and fast when you're the first receiver. And Cleary can do that all year, but he did the same mm. thing in his Origin games. It, he plays a little slower, more tentative, and makes those mistakes. And it's no shock later in the game, which, you know, these points don't really matter that much. But two of the tries they scored is Jerome Luai, quick early ball to Crichton. And the second try is Jerome Luai over the top ball. 
because the Storm were daring them all game to throw the over-the-top ball. They were jamming in on the edges the entire ga- first half, and the Penrith didn't have the balls to do it. And they and the Storm dared them to go around them, and they didn't have the balls or the skill to execute it. Yeah, the point that you make about Vunavalo defending so far in, like, I feel, I feel like, and I know this is harsh on Mansell. We did, we did just mention his um, lead-footedness. But like I feel like Vunavalu almost could have defended in the centers for a lot of this game just because he pretty much they, did. they would have known exactly how fast Mansour was and that he wouldn't have been able to get away. But yeah, as you said, I mean, you can kind of move on that diagonal line or that that lateral line if you are playing slowly, if you then switch gears and go one, two, three out further. But yeah, as you say, he just went like, oh, just throw this nice little harbour bridge. it up there. Well, there you go. Nice little alley oop, and away he went, and, and it was a lovely yeah. try. Good on. And obviously, yeah, he went. Vunavala goes a distance, and Mansell probably should have got him, but like that's just on Nathan Cleary in that that pass. And uh, you know, he's had a really good year, but you don't get grand finals often. And this is on his res- grand final resume now, now. The game he played that try at the end, I laughed at Joey John. Big game try. It's a big, big game, game try. It's like try light in a big game, mate. No one tried. Try, no one went with him though. He uh, he was pretty poor in that first half, and I think. The worst players for Penrith for mine are kick out and, so, and then and then Cleary. Then mm. Tyrone May, third worst. <laughs> Tyrone May, third May in third man in. Mm. Oh, he was he was awful, Tyrone May was, but he just wasn't he wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't his out fault there. that he was so bad. Yeah. Um, he he played like two games in that position and he looked like a headless chalk. Yeah, and he was overplaying his hand when he did get the ball. He was garbage, but he shouldn't have been in that and, spot. And the worst part is that when Brett Naden came on, he looked really good. So yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that matters because he had fresh legs too. That's true. So like, it's easy but, to look good then. But yes, he looked like a center. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, he fits the rigorous criteria of having played the position more than like twice in his life. So yeah. that that does help. But yeah, it does. so um, yeah, it, and then you know we get to halftime and it's and it's twenty two nil because of a the goat getting a somewhat fortuitous try. I think probably fair to say. Nah, try fortuitous, yes, but. No question, it was a try. There was this was this is the same thing of like the point that you're making about um May kicking the ball out of Olam's hand. Like Coriusau is clearly not making a tackle when he hits who? The ball. Sorry, it was Coriusau. Are you serious? Yeah, Coriusau. Yeah, All so, year you've said Coruscant, now you're saying we'll Coruscant. We've then. said his Co- name 5,000 times this year. And so was Dale. Coruscant. So you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dale picked him like most improved player the first eight rounds and said it Coruscant. <laughs> okay, we'll go with Coruscant. Um, anyway, he's, he's clearly looking at the ball when he hits it out of Smith's hands. Like, it's the same thing. Like, people saying, oh, you know, but it, was a, it could have been a loose carry. He was just making a tackle. I thought this one was more contentious than the penalty yeah. try. No, I had no issue with it. Like, his hands are so far away like, from his body. He hit his, he, he clearly went to play. Again, I don't care. I think it was, I, I think it was close. I think you, I, I'm happy yeah, for you to call it either way. But, like, they've called those, you see those get called loose carries 10 times a week, every week. Secret, secret thought i don't mind players coming out from marker and like hitting the ball out of people's yeah hands. same but like you you see those rule knock-ons all the time so, in that situation i don't i don't know but it's also like the thing we're arguing though is people like they were you know unfortunate calls but they were the right calls yeah that's not so nothing oh, I, i'm not disagreeing it, with Dale. i'm just saying that like you've seen them not given before yeah, I just saying that like, people the acting like they got the they got the hard end of the referee stick. It's like no, well they they are they're hard calls to get to cop, but they're the right call. So you didn't get the tough end of the stick. You just got given the right call. Got like, a stick. 
yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. I think you know, I Pappenhausen got the Clive Churchill, and it's not controversial. I know my our friend Nick Canton threw a hat in rage, but uh, I'll with the grand final for mine. <laughs> Uh, but I think uh, so if I rewatch the game, I said to you after the game, Bunga, I'd probably Christian Welch, but or a uh, Sofa Solomon. Rewatching the game, I thought it was a Sofa Solomon, and again that run there is like yeah. one of the great reasons why. So, like I know his his stat sheet isn't impressive enough to to win the Clive Churchill as a forward, and we did say in the preview that for a forward to take the Clive Churchill off of Cam Smith, it had to be an all timer. And the other guys who could get it were Munster and Pappenhausen. They'd have to score like two Fafita slash George Burgess esque tries, two of them, yeah, to, to get close. But in that first half, like I saw Solomona, you know, he almost had a hundred meters in the first half, and as we saw, it made, made a big impact. Almost more than like half his workload was done in the first half, and that's where that game was won and lost. Yeah, that's why I wanted to give him the the um the Clive Churchill. He had eighty one meters off nine runs in that first half. Broke what did he, what did he break? A couple of tackles broken. I'm blind. Yeah, you sent us a video of that set you were talking about earlier today. And yeah, he just, he's the just folded, but folding. He had, nine, he had 19 of his 25 tackles in the first half. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and when, you know, when he came back on as well, the game was pretty much wrapped up and they were just sort of yeah. in conservation mode as well. So yeah, he had a, uh, like yeah. a game winning. No, I think, I think that's, I think this is a thing. Like I, I agree with you. And, and we said on the night that we thought one of those two forwards or maybe Pappenhausen or Jerome Hughes is probably the best player in the field. And, mm. you know, when it, when one of the five guys in your one of one of the guys in the top in your top five wins it, you can't be too upset. Oh, and and then also it wasn't like there wasn't a really big standout. No. Yeah. But that's the um, So I'm okay with Pappenhausen. And, and I'm glad we talked about this now because the next obviously the next big moment in the game came just after halftime when Pappenhausen scored a length of field try off a scrum and with it, uh hopefully kill off any any suggest any suggestions of killing the scrum going forward. Because that was awesome. We had to start me on that. And you go like, again, love the scrum. Love. I don't care that the scrum's a joke. Love that. It's the only chance to get less than 13 or 13, but obviously send off and Simbins. And it showed there and perhaps just show, show, showed his growth in that run. Cause it was like, it wasn't as he, you know, he sprinted, he drifted across the field, used his little, you know, he used his hands, showed some soft hands and then cut through. And then the gap looked like gigantic, but that's a gap he created for himself and used his pace to get through it. It was great. Interesting thing that I didn't Agreed. notice at the time, but our, our friend NRL Physio tweeted it earlier tonight. Um, there, there's a clip of the chase and mm. um, Dylan Edwards looks like that funny clip from John Bateman last year where he's just running him down for the sake of it. Like, you know, he's not going to get him. And actually Moses Leader overtakes Dylan Edwards on the chase. I didn't see that. That's great. And, um, NRL physio said that Edwards missed time due to hamstring strains on multiple occasions this season, most recently in August, if not quite hundred percent can affect ability to hit stop speed. So you just wonder if perhaps he was carrying a knock there on that chase as well. And he obviously wouldn't have caught him anyway, because Pappenhausen is an absolute jet, but yeah. And still, uh, he, still, he would have had only like 60% lung capacity because I think Nas's shoulder was still lodged in his ribs. That's so. fair. Nas with the try assist for this try as well. So no, no, it just, it wasn't, it was just straight Pappenhausen. We got, didn't we say that at the time? Didn't no, Campo, say, Campo did Nars... say that, but Campo was wrong. Nars, oh, okay. It was Pappenhausen was first receiver and drifted across field. Oh, he Nars did too. Was yeah. A decoy. <laughs> uh, we'll close. give him one anyway for yeah. We'll give him a decoy. That counts. But that counts. yeah, and at that point, we're all kind of just sort of like expecting to chill out and and Manly fans who I know were messaging and saying that they were worried that their forty nil was was uh, in danger. Mate, the, uh, honestly, I thought it was in danger too watching the game and. Things didn't go that way, and Penrith came. Well, back if, into if it. Vooney doesn't bomb that try, we probably get close, right? I think we do. Obviously, the stuff that happened at the end of the game. 
you know, you can't change that. But it did feel like it was going that way because Penrith had come out in the second half and they had packed it in. And Pappenhauser scored and you're like, Jesus, it looks like the Storm might just have their way anytime they want it. I did love that, by the way. Like, mate, there are 7,000 cameras and you've punched this ball from a meter in the air. You can't get up claiming a try. That was bad. <laughs> but I, I really thought in that second that second half, the start of it, I thought Moses Leoto was really impressive with Penrith because he kept yep. going. When that, when that team wanted to pack it in, he kept coming off the back fence and he even had a good kick return after they finally scored. But I thought he was really good in that second half. Had pretty much all of his stats in it because he barely played the first half. But, you know, he could hold his head high with that little stint there. Yeah, it's fair. Um, and I suppose, obviously, you don't want to get into happy-to-be-there territory, but I guess it's probably a small consolation to Penrith fans that they didn't end up getting blown out. Yeah, I think that's more... It's it. Obviously, there's no good way of losing your grand final, but considering their grand finals look like it was on its way to 40-plus, you can take that. And I mean, if if you told any of their fans after like the minute Pappenhausen scored that try uh, that you will get one play to tie the game off a kickoff in the, 90, in the 80th minute, they'd probably bite your hand off for that, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. I guess we should talk about those uh those plays then, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, so um yeah, so we're all thinking that it's game over at twenty six nil. Um before, you know, there's there's a, a late flurry from Penrith. Um and it starts off it starts off with um well what we thought at the time was probably just gonna be a consolation try. Um but yeah, um and and a try that none of us really I guess thought was a try because I mean that, I mean, so if oh, I'm sure you obviously everyone saw it, but Liam Martin puts that little kick in Brian Toto gets on the end of it and just, just barely grounds it in the corner. But I mean that everyone in the room and even Gus, the most biased Penrith fan in the world was like, yeah, that's a shepherd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think everyone has agreed that's a shepherd, whether it should be the rule or not different story. I'm actually like, if that I'm okay, if that's the actual real rule, I, I agree, care, but, but it's not. It was a clear shepherd. <laughs> and the bunker did that thing where he like, confused himself. And then he paused. And it, sometimes you wonder in that pause moment, does someone else in the room go like, hey, uh, that's not the rule, bud. But no, they they went through it. With was, it. It, was very, uh, it was very the difference between being not guilty and being innocent. Uh, <laughs> he, he did. What was it? He, di- he didn't. He he wasn't. No. It was like he was wasn't not obstructing the play or something like that. And I'm like, that's not the rule. He ran behind him. It's no, yeah. It was like um, he said no. He, he cleared the inside shoulder. Like, hang remember, on. He caught on the inside. No, no, that's that's what? a shepherd. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, it was Isaiah Yo that that kicked just for the record. Yeah. Uh, which may I just add, deft, a nice little a nice little grubber in there. Uh, yeah. from running behind his own teammate but yeah great kick oh great kick don't Top get me kick. wrong but Top um kick. and then finally we see Penrith spread it early in a set um Crichton gets around that sliding defense and scores goes through Branko Lee and scores it scores a pretty that's a pretty solid try all things yeah. considered nice good try nice early shift and that that came just after Pappenhausen made that amazing defensive play where he jumped about seven meters in the air and tapped that kick for touch in that was an incredible play I mean we've seen people do that before but that might be the best one of those I've ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, he's just, as we said earlier, come on and leaps and bounds since the start of last year. And good you just pun. think, you know, what's going to come from there further on there. But that, that tries what they should have been doing earlier in the game is that, yeah, there was a bit of space out there. Get the ball out early and let guys like Crichton have an opportunity rather than, like, I don't know. Just, they couldn't get it out fast enough. The ball quick quick to the edges. But 
Crichton went right through old Branko. But uh, I, I do think that Jerome Hughes symbion, I don't think it was a symbion. Like, I get that he yep. stopped a guy. So he, what he did, he did stop dead in his tracks. It was a penalty. It was an escort. That's what it is to me. Because that, that has happened many a time this year when the ball's in the vicinity and it's just a penalty. Because that's what it yeah. is. Like, Jerome Hughes didn't professional foul, in my opinion, because, like, he's already there. And he just did the dumb thing of whatever, I'll just stop now. But, like... I, I agree. It's not like he stuck a leg out and tripped him. Oh, he stepped also, him definitely. But if he didn't step, he'd also still be in the way. Yeah, and <laughs> and also Paps like Pappenhausen picked the ball up. In my opinion, he, he would have had the opportunity to oh, contest. Oh, kick out would have got nowhere near that ball. But yeah, that's, yeah, as you said, like that's the kind of thing where it's like it's the same kind of thing in football with like denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Like there's a second defender there who cleans the ball up. It's just like any escort. When you, they take I, it off. It's I, just I, a genuine contest. While we were yeah. talking about this, I pulled it up. I've just paused it at the moment. Kick out hits Hughes. The yeah. ball is a meter from Pappenhausen when the contact happens. Yeah. But kick out's going to get nowhere near it. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. It's not a sin. Then I thought this at was another worst, shocking call. Yeah. Um, at best for Melbourne. Pappenhausen gets out of the area, like out of the out of the Ingall area. At worst, he gets yeah. creamed by Kafus uh, yeah. by kick out. Yeah. Like and, and they then, give up a they give but, out a, they give up a, a drop goal. A and it happens on so you say so the ball's pretty much on the goal line. Kick out on the five meter line. When I'm watching it. Out. It's so bad. It's yeah. an awful call. It is. But, so they may as well call every single escort when they challenge in the air and the guy gets taken out. They may as well call that a symbion as well then. Yeah. Because that's pretty um, much what it is. He got taken out of the contest, not the clear ball. Was this the moment that Cam Smith accused them of trying to keep the game close? No, it was the next symbion, wasn't okay. it? Okay. I'm not no, because that was that was with like ten seconds left. Yeah, because that was the play that Cleary scored. I think it was. From. I think it was after this yeah. try because he start, This is when he starts laughing after the bunker decision comes down, and I mean, people got people threw their toys out of the cot because of that. Because obviously, it's Cam Smith, and anything Cam Smith does, people get furious about. If if, if another player had said that, no one would have cared. I mean, would have laughed because it was funny. It, it was funny. It and was funny. Um, then you know, uh, with. Uh, pretty, I mean, not the same try scorer, but a s- similar sort of strategy from Penrith with the next try. They go left early in the set. Lovely ball from Jerome Luai over the top. Josh Mansell scores untouched. And suddenly, suddenly there's a game on out of, out of absolutely nowhere. It was just incredible. Yeah, good, good. Again, good try. Smart decision to, uh, you know, at least run it around a little bit. Um, Cleary missed that conversion as well, didn't he? Yeah. No, yeah. he did. Yeah, he missed that one, yeah. And then he um didn't take the next one, yeah. Yes. But uh, that there was an Appy Coruscant kick shortly after too that looked like absolute dog shit, and then held up our, our good friend Matt Coleman had bet on the scoreline. <laughs> Fucking Vunivalu in that in that kick from Coruscant, yeah. he like shepherds Mansour away from the ball and just kind of like puts a foot out as an afterthought. I'm like, dude, what? I, just again, another victory for team ground the ball in the end goal. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, but and yeah, then that's um, that try, sorry, that try. So that ball over the top was what they had to have done like all night. It was yeah. there all night, and they just couldn't execute it. And the ball wasn't in Rome. Well, uh, do you think that enough. they got? Do you think they got skittish after the intercept? Well, no, no, I think this intercept was him trying to correct not doing it the rest yeah, of the right. game because, like, they right. were already de- like he threw it, but like that I mean, it was, was only ten nil when he threw it. But... I know, but that was there the whole first half. It wasn't there yeah. as much in the second half. The Storm didn't have the gas to, to play that compressed defense and push up. Yeah, it was there and the whole we... first half, but the ball wasn't in Jerome Lewis's hands. It was in Nathan Cleary's. And then we saw some very funny housing from Brandon Smith getting simbined and like not leaving the field, eventually getting pushed over the sideline by a Penrith Again, player and doing a little always doing a little, for the dark arts. Doing a little knee slide. Yep. It was hilarious. Big um, fan. Then, 
big player step up in big moments. And Nathan Cleary <laughs> goes himself, scores. Uh, but, you know, whilst it did screw our friends 26 to 16 bet over, we did then get that amazing footage of Craig Bellamy kicking a chair, which was absolutely hilarious. It was good. That poor chair. Yeah. Did nothing wrong. Yeah. Do you yeah. think Do you think the Storm should have gone short off the kickoff? I know it didn't matter, but, I mean, just to make sure that you... I would, have dr- I would have drilled it lower than this. So they had um, either drill it lower so that it's greasy and there's a potential for a knock-on. Yeah. Or anyway, drill it, it doesn't the touch. Matter, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Squib kick, like the NFL kick. Yeah, short absolutely. Low, whatever, maybe. Um, doesn't matter. But then, yeah, I mean, there was a couple of couple of passes before Felice Kafusi intercepts a Hollywood ball and um, falls on it and then the game's over. Melbourne Storm are the champions once again. Yeah. Um, can't say they didn't deserve it. Um, clearly the better team on the night, but yeah, it's, I mean, for them, it's kind of weird because like basically their futures are pretty much entirely dictated. I know they've got a lot of great players, but they're almost entirely dictated on whether Cam Smith goes around again. And we would have to assume that he's not, but, um, huge result for them. And obviously if he does go out with a try and a grand final win, that's an amazing way for the best to ever do it to go out. Um, yeah. First try in a grand final for Cam Smith. Is, uh, the, yeah, there you go. Um, but for Penrith, man, I mean, obviously we talked last week about how many guys they've got coming off contract. And I think this will probably, if anything, help them keep that core together because they'll be sort of inspired to go again. But you've got to think that this was their best chance given the injury luck they 100%, had this year. mate. 100%. Injury luck. Matt Burton's already looking like he might be going, who was supposed to be next one off the production line in the halves. James Tarmel's gone. We said these things don't just keep coming around. And just because it happened to the Storm and the Roosters for the last 20 years doesn't mean it's going to happen to the next upstart team who makes the grand final. The Storm and the Roosters are a different beast. Yeah, 100% they had to do better than this. And, you know, guys like, you know, Nathan Cleary, supposedly best player all year, had to be better in this game. And the, the best team, like the Storm, dared him to be, and he wasn't. You know, you don't get many chances to step up on those stage. And, you know, who knows if he gets another one. He might get it next year. But people are assuming because they're young, they going to get back there. You know, a lot of things have to fall in play for them to just get back there. Next year, is Origin in the middle of the season. They'll be playing Origin. They'll players there. They might get some injuries there. They're all fit now. Tarmel's gone. Who knows if Naden's gone? That Naden decision is ridiculous. And, it, you know, that's – if I was Naden, I want to get the fuck out of there too. Rumors oh, yeah. he wants to go ready. He might be gone. They said Tarmel's gone. Who knows what Josh Mansell will be next year. It was a miracle he was good again this year, you know. Etc. 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 Teams also, by the way, will have more tape on these players. Yeah, that's that's another good point. Um, yeah, Brent Naden. Let's talk about that because uh, just a baffling decision. And we saw, but we saw May not have a particularly good game last week, and they didn't they didn't win because of him last week. They kind of won despite it. Um, yeah, what's the logic behind this decision? I don't know. Like, I have to feel it has to do with Nathan and Tyrone's relationship. I just have to feel that. Like, I don't know why else you'd do that. It just didn't – with Tyrone May isn't naturally a center. It didn't work. He was looking poor. And he didn't even get hooked when they put Naden on. He went to the middle. Just hook him. He was yeah. terrible. Agreed. He was – I mean, Kikau was Kikau was poor and Cleary was poor and influential. But, yeah, Tyrone May, like everything he turned to – touch turned yeah. to shit. Well, kick like, out felt like a reversion to last year, like when they were yeah. throwing the ball to him and he had to try and do things, and so shit went wrong. Mm. He looked like the the kind of bloke who tried to pull out the you know globe trotter play or the huge hit or the big run every time he ran the ball. But and yeah, like he hadn't said, played in three like, weeks. Yeah, just like Tyron May, just 
I think, as you say, like maybe it was to do with his relationship with Cleary, but you feel for Naden because he'd been so good at a latter part of the se- latter part of the season. Is as you said, naturally plays in that position. Would he have matched up better those guys? Would he have had more ex- like more um, kind of calmness and composure in those big moments, like when May threw that ball at the back and they lost fifteen meters and went backwards? Like maybe Naden just takes the tackle and they, you know, get a better run at it the next play. I mean, he, he's a naturally a sender. He knows what he's doing there. And there's a few moments, even there's another moment that, you know, again, when May throws that pass, maybe Naden doesn't, that forward pass. There's another moment again in that game where they're in their own half and Adokar jams up on Cleary and dares him to throw the long ball and he doesn't. He throws it short to Tyrone May. And I don't know if the Storm have the ball to jam up if Brent Naden's there because he's lightning, but it goes to Nay and May, sorry, and this just, just, just dies. But it's a baffling decision and one that, like, I don't feel sorry for Tyrone May because of who Tyrone May is, but he'll have to live with that game for the rest of his life and how he played on that well, night. Yeah. I don't think for that. I don't think it's him that needs to think about this all summer. I think it's probably Ivan Cleary. But he won't be able. Like he, he obviously, I don't think it's his fault that he got put out there. But like yeah. he's going to think about it. Ivan Cleary oh, for sure. Be bleeding nightmares. Probably shouldn't be able to sleep that night about that no. doing that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's potentially cost them a premiership that decision. I'm not saying yeah. they would have won anyway, but as you as you said, the the storm game plan might change if Brett Naden's out there, who's a lot more effective with that ball in wide areas than Tyrone may proved to have been. Yeah. So and, the, um, and like you know, what do you have? He had like fifty run, fifty meters off seven runs, not very good meters and, per run, for and he center. just was and just an absolute handbrake every time they went right. Terrible. He was, he was, and and that that's what they did too often in this whole game though was go. They went right a bit too much, and then left. They didn't get the ball in Luai's hands. That's so why I just think Cleary had a poor game. Like it's often easy to ignore the fulcrum, you know, the guy who's just playing first receiver to see yeah. playing well or not because you can blame the guys around him. But Cleary was slow, mm. didn't go to the line, and there's no no coincidence that most of the I know Cleary scored that try at the end, but the two other tries they scored actually looked like proper tries. It was Jerome Luai playing fast footy. Mm. Oh. And um, I do feel bad for Bill Kickow, who did not have a very good game. Yeah, yeah. He um, he started really strong. I was like, how the hell is he steamrolled? He he was terrorizing Jerome Hughes in those first few minutes. But then after that, it was almost like one of those really bad teams where they just give the ball to the one good player and hope he does stuff. Yeah, but, like they were last year, mate. It's yeah, like they reverted. And he made little mistakes. Him. Yeah, it's a yeah. shame for him because he's obviously such a great player to watch. Um, Jerome Hughes was a baller from then too, by the way. Yeah, man, like a couple great. of good cover tackles, good kicking game, played, you know, one in ways I didn't expect Jerome Hughes would win. Well, know? yeah, he was he was in my top five top five guys in the field along with, as we said, Nas, Welch, uh, Pappenhausen, and probably either Cam Smith or Olam, I think, would be my yeah. top five. Yeah, and I, I do want to mention, you, uh, Dale did say that the, the Storm was still keeping... Uh, sorry, we're pushing the kickers and the kick chase, whatever, kick, chase kicks. Well, anyway, I want to mention that Mansour and Brian To'o both had their worst meters per run all season. And those are guys that absolutely gutted. Uh, they, they gutted your... They were a large part week. of why they won last week, yeah. So, like, that's how good the Melbourne kick chase and early line speed was, that Mansour made seven meters a run, which is terrible for him. And, and Jerome Lowe made seven points. Sorry, Brian To'o made 7.6 meters a run. And seasonal average is, like, both of them 10 meters a run or more pretty much. Yeah, they, right. And that's a big difference when you start in your sets instead of, you know, making 15, you know, sorry, making 20 meters off the first two runs, you're making 15 or less. It's yeah, right. actually a big difference over the whole scheme of a game. Great mm. point. And also um, the fact they weren't getting that roll on when they were getting chopped down. Yep. Yeah. And um, the Brandon Smith taking the Chris Hyington medal was great to see. 
Hey, you took that name from me. Yes. <laughs> but yes, we have to I'm start setting you up to talk about it. That's how the show works. We have to start awarding that. I, I had to think so, you know, dedicate a little block of cheese to, to the cheese. I saw the that. Day after. But, Very good. Uh, Chris Hyington medal for the best on post-match ground. So, uh, but Brandon Smith was sensational. First, that post-match interview where Very he gave good. all the credit to Cam Smith, took all of it from Bellamy, said he was going to sell his ring to buy the rest of the beers that night, whatever. But he antiques in a locker room, you know. That doesn't come around very often, a performance like that. That's one of the all-timers. Mm. We said, hi, no, probably the last one just as good. Great effort from the cheese. And, uh, you know, my new president, perhaps. Mm. The the Instagram post, the... Uh, oh, yeah, feeding the, James Hooper. Was great. The video of him um, cradling the uh, cradling the trophy while singing. What was it? Um, Taking home naming, country roads? Yeah. Oh, no, and the one was just naming different types of cheese. Yes, very good. And his champ cheese, he was. Champ yeah, he was champ cheese. Um, yeah, he was He was hilarious. Um, that was cool. Um, he was. Felt sorry for Nico Hines. Yeah. But what do you get? Hey, he still gets a ring. Yeah, oh, so I do I. And Bellamy, Bellamy apologized to him on the dais when he was giving them out. But yeah, as you say, like, A, he gets a ring. B, he doesn't have to wash his jersey. Yeah. Good point. But, he, uh, but also, no, like, he, he gets on if they don't score those yeah. two late tries. So, and yeah. if they didn't have the sin bins, you're 100% right. Unfortunate for him. But hey, come I'm on sure for it's the last 30 seconds, you coward, Bellamy. Oh, I, mate, he would have come on if they weren't, if they, if, if, um, if it had been an eight point game after clear he's got the try, probably would have taken him the last kickoff. That's my, oh, well. Opinion. <laughs> um, and uh, MV, a co MVP award, I think, has to go to Jason Riles' eardrum for not rupturing. Yeah. And whoever, produ- whoever produces those, uh, those headsets. Must be quality. They were up by so many points when he was screaming in Jason Riley as well. It was fucking hilarious. But that's why they're the goddamn best. That's exactly. It. You're up by 26. Don't care. Expectations are the same. Keep performing. But yeah, that Bellamy's annex were great. I wish we uh, had more Bellamy cam. They should have just left it on the whole second half. Second half. Just let me watch Craig Bellamy screaming and kicking shit. We have like press red for Bellamy next Next time they make oh, yeah. a grand final, wow! We hey. had Freddie Cam for about twenty seconds, despite he wore a yeah. GoPro for the entire game. That <laughs> sucked, man. That... that was so bad. And he wore it in the press match interview, post match interviews. I'm like, dude, just take it off. It's not working. All, all that brief, um, all that brief bits of Bellamy we saw just made just proved to me how fraudulent Bellamy's bunker was. There's no chance that man watches a sporting event, any sporting event, and is calm. No yeah. chance. No way. Heroic was sensational though. And uh, yeah, just as you said, Storm went out by far the better team on the day. I know even if you look at the numbers, they don't look that much better than on paper than Penrith did. But again, that first 40 to 60 minutes, that was, you know, the premiership winners against a bunch of boys. And it did remind me of that Castleford Leeds game I, I described in the past at 24-6 win. It was like you knew about 20 minutes into this game, the Storm had it and Penrith couldn't step up to the occasion. And it was just a matter of time till the till the bell rung, and they got yeah. their six point margin somehow. But uh, yeah, they just never ever in that game, and they will sit back, think about this all off season about like the fifteen times they got it wrong mm. on the storm yeah. line, where the storm got everything right pretty much. They had a few mistakes, obviously, but they took like every opportunity by the Vunivalu bomb. They took yep. like that's just it. Like it's a shame. It. It, it's a damn shame because you know you don't win seventeen games in a row every year, and. You do have to feel like a lot of these wounds are self-inflicted, both via personnel decisions and in-game tactics on the day. Um, yeah. And Cleary came out in the post-match and said he didn't regret selecting Tyron May. Of course he's going to say that. I mean, like, yeah, of course. But, like, yeah, as you said before, Mitch, like, he he won't be sleeping for a week. 18 errors from Penrith too, by the way. Awful. Boy. It's not great. But, yeah, May won't be sleeping for a week. And Atrocious conditions, by the way. So... The people oh, it was win. a really good game for the conditions. Yeah, yeah started poorly. I mean, that was the most tries since. Is that the most tries since two thousand and one? 
Actually, no, there's probably some lopsided games. Sorry. But yeah, it's, the it was the most. Game, sure. The first time both teams have scored three tries since 2013, I think. Actually, it ended yeah. up being four tries each, didn't it? It did. That's funny. So that was, yeah, but that wasn't it like the 2007, 2008 games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. It, it did remind me a little 34 bit. 34 to 8 the, and 40-0. Yeah, they did. The, the, uh, the two, what was it? The 2008 Brisbane Raw game where it was kind of a bit of a snoozer and then there were like four goals in the last three minutes of extra time. So it was, everyone's like, oh, it's a classic. But like, people, as you said before, with the 2001 grand final, people look back and be like, oh, that must have been a really entertaining game. But, but yeah. like, this was entertaining. Hey, that was about... entertaining, but uh, it was. was not close. But this was entertaining for like 45 seconds. Yeah. And people, if you enjoy watching the storm, which you should, if you like rugby league, Agreed. you can happily watch this back again and enjoy what a brilliant performance yeah. it was. Did, did enjoy like the, a... the last the last part that, that we mentioned, uh, Ray Kafusi getting the ball right at the end of the game and obviously killing killing the clock. <laughs> the ball coming to James Fisher Harris in that like frantic last 10 seconds and him just throwing the ball like 10 meters behind the attacking line. I'm like, can they just take the forwards off the field and just let the backs run, please? I did enjoy oh, Bill like... Kickout throwing like a no look 35 meter pass yeah. In, yeah. That, in that desperation <laughs> period. That was great. Just being like, spam at somebody, please. Yeah, I um, oh, fuck, I, lost, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, yeah, I do think it's the worst NRL grand final, though, in terms of just the quality of the game alongside. The forty nil. I'm talking since NRL era started, but mm. it's it's the forty nil will be hard to beat as the worst grand final I've ever watched. But this would be the second worst, and definitely the the strangest one I've watched because like I don't want to go out there and hammer the referees because they didn't decide this game, but it de- certainly felt like Jared Sutton left his mark on the game. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a very diplomatic way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I love that you've conveniently left 2006, the worst grand final out of that. No way. 2008 is worse than that, and so is this one. 2006 is a dull-ish game, but it has a scoreline that was built in close the whole way, so you can believe in that at least. And then 2008, 40-0, and this one was over, as you said, it was over in 25 minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, anything you want to say on this on this game before we move on? Oh, we've got to say some more surely. I mean, if that's yeah. Kansu's last game, I'd love that he said lastly 70,000 times. That was great. I'd stay. Didn't lastly. like that he thanked Victoria. Yeah. Care I for mean, it. Another situation that people think he makes it all about himself. And I know not announcing it, you could say. Oh, my God. If you himself, thought he, he was going to announce it. retirement there, you're insane. He was never, ever going to take that moment away from his teammates and make it about yep. himself. Because that's the kind of guy he is. And yet yep. he gets made out to be the villain all the time. And we talk about like the Penrith might not get back to this stage and they've only lost time now, but the storm now, you know, Vunavali probably went out maybe his best game as a storm player, even though he bombed that try. He's gone. Uh, they've, they've lost maybe Cam Smith. Adokar probably. Adokar probably. Uh, Tino's gone as well. Is there one more or is that it from the starting side? I think that's it from the starting side. But uh, yeah, who knows? And there's also a bit of talk about some other guys who might be allowed to move on. Like Jesse Bromwich might be allowed to move on this offseason too. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, it does feel like we mentioned the whole way through the crescendo for that storm, little another period of three or four years of building towards something. It feels like that period has just ended for them. And I, I know it's hard to, ra- to write the storm off again, but I, I don't think they're going back to the big dance next season. Harry Grant is really good, but he's not Cameron Smith. Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. Not Cameron Smith, and then yeah, I don't know who, what the the rumor about if they send Adokar to the Bulldogs and they get back Remus Smith. I mean, that's scandalous from the Bulldogs to give them someone like Remus Smith. So who knows if that happens? But it's still hard to recover from that many quality players going. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but if anyone can do, also, I mean, the, I mean, depending on what 
rumors you believe they've got one more year of Bellamy as well. So yeah, that's you know, it. I did uh, like also Brandon Smith admitting after the game, who cares if Kansas keeps winning in grand finals, I'll play behind him forever. <laughs> which was fucking great. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, I was really happy for him. I know, and it's just weird. Um, it just gets continually disrespected by everyone well not everyone but just like the this large subsection of rugby league fans who mm-hmm. hate him irrationally and i did love that sports bet paid out on him winning the clive churchill and then everyone just decided that the medal was rigged they do this all the terrible. time to get publicity you idiots and like we just talked about them it worked uh, a shout out to uh ryan oak who had both pappenhausen and cam smith to win the clive churchill medal so he was he was loving life Double um yeah um but yeah, I mean, there's not much else you can really say about Kansas' legacy at the Storm. I mean, he's he's won everything a million times. Um, and if this is it, which it definitely seems like it is, he's gone out in the best possible way, scoring a try in a grand final win. Yep. Exactly right, mate. And uh, I, I hope it's not, but yeah, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if he announces a retirement in like January, knowing Cam. Like, yeah, that'd be funny. I've had a bit of time to think about it. I've spent some time. Like, cause, as you said, like, they haven't been home for five months. So, like, he'll probably go home and, you know, spend some time with the family. And as you said, if he announces it in the, you know, before the preseason, then it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think that's another thing. Like, they mentioned after the game, and when they said they've only less, left their resort, what, two times? Or, like, what was it, two or three times in the yeah. last last six weeks? You start to understand the the slog they went through to, to get there, and obviously they it probably helped them have a single focus. It was the grand final, and that was it because they had nothing else going on for them. But mate, that's a a lot of strain on personal lives. We all know what it's been like when we couldn't say our mates or go out for like a couple of months, a few months ago. They've been through that whole period and into the last few weeks, and you know the whole year doing that. Like that's a bloody good effort to to go through that yeah. and come up with the premiership. I mean, obviously, we'll look back on this uh, in years to come, but, like, it's it's the the best premiership story in, in the last decade of Australian sport, at least. Like, I mean, it's incredible that, that as you said, that they, uh, that they hadn't left their resort in the last six weeks or whatever the story was. But, yeah, like, to be, to be a thousand kilometres away from home, not being able to see your family and then to, to see them all break the bubble at the end of the game was, it was pretty like touching is probably the wrong word, but it was, it was lovely. And um, it, you obviously don't deserve it based on sentimentalities and, and you, you know, we're not necessarily that kind of podcast, but like it was, you know, they, that for all the stuff that they've been through, I mean, the premiership really is just reward for them. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, but there was also another premiership on Sunday and that was, Mitch's beloved Broncos, uh, claiming their third NRLW uh, title in a row. Dale, I have a question for you. You are an unnamed uh, Roosters player. Uh, You have a social media account. Should you use that social media account two days before your grand final against the Broncos to slag off Ali Brigginshaw? Did someone do that? What's my other option? Uh, Not doing that. I'll take the latter, please. That's a good option. Yeah, so... uh, uh, Ali Brigginshaw said after the game um, that uh, someone in the Roosters camp uploaded a social media post which stated that she was undeserving of her Dalian medal um, and that come captain's run, the girls were seeing red. So good job. Wow. Is Mitchell Pierce involved in the Roosters women's it team somehow? Like, it sounds like there's some influence there, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, he's he's jetted down from the... Mich- from the Michelle, Michelle Pierce has just... Michelle Pierce. 
absolutely played a howler here. But yeah, not a great thing to do. But um, yeah, Brisbane absolutely romped. I mean, their final score was 20 to 10, but yeah, uh, really was it after 10 minutes, 12, nil? yeah, <laughs> like and nine. really, really awful weather conditions again. Um, the rain was actually heavier during the first game because there was obviously a couple of hours before the second game, and yeah, both teams dropped a thousand balls in the second half, but you know, Brisbane was, once again deserving yeah, winners. I was because my my plate because I'm in like Strath out Strathfield way, so I'm down, just down the road from from home, which used to I, I drive past on the way to work. And um, I was sitting at home watching the women's game, like looking, obviously being like, oh, it's, it looks really rainy there. And then you kind of look out the window and it's like, you can't see the street. It's raining so heavy. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, like, yeah, as you said, um, it was the same kind of same kind of game plan from the Broncos. though. like, you know, play relatively narrow and hit it up through the middle and then, you know, make them earn the right to play out wide. Yeah, you know it's wet when Meg Ward only kicked two from four because she, she missed a pretty it. easy one as well. And yeah. it was funny because we were watching this game with a few guys who hadn't watched any NRLW this year, and I was telling, I was like, "Boys, this this goal kicker, right? She's the most accurate of any any man or woman. She's the greatest sharpshooter ever." And then she probably like missed one from next to the sticks. And I was she like, kicked at fifty percent. She sure did. Um, Three yeah, in but, a row, lost one game ever. This Broncos team. Um, and the two, the the last two tries to clinch it with classic Broncos. I mean, just uh, not just brute force close to the line. Um, uh, I think it was yeah. Who was the the third and four? I was it was I think the one of the props. Leonard Dutsey yeah. scored the first one, and then was that and Amber Harden. Hall scored? No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Amber Hall scored the second. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's one. I'm okay. thinking of. Cool. Um, yeah, their forwards were dominant and. Yeah, unsurprising. Mitchell, uh, your women's team played four games this year. They won more games than your men's team. Thoughts? Well, the club won a premiership. It's true. Only two clubs can say that this year. Yep, the, premierships are uh, forever. That's it. Another three premierships to our tally. Nine as a club. Nine first grade premierships. Congratulations on your eight first grade premierships. Um, That's rough on the women, mate. I'm counting all three of those. those and uh, five, five men's premierships. So that makes eight. Yes, um, counting them incorrectly. Well done. Well, you know, I uh, respect the people's competition, the Australian Rugby League. But you I respect the competition, yes. <laughs> okay. Dale, uh, if you simp for the Super League despite going for an ARL team. I was going to say that Amber Hall won the Karen Murphy medal, you two children. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> and the point that was made, was it Brigginshaw that, <laughs> that mentioned Belinda Sharp refereeing the game in the post-match? In the, I don't know. Also, there was another hair pull. Not good. Stop pulling hair. Yeah, so as a, as a gentleman nice. with long hair, please don't pull hair. Um, Did you ever get your hair pulled on the soccer field? I have had my hair pulled. I've also been spat on. Neither are very pleasant. There you go. <laughs> Sorry about that, mate, but you just you're too much win Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you see what you now that you really are looking up the kimono. He said, we what about Darren Lockyer? Um, <laughs> Speaking yeah. of hair pull. Um, uh, yeah, as I said, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned Belinda Clark in the in the in their acceptance speech and said, you know, if it's it's really good to have, you know, women referees. And Well, I'd say it was probably Ali Brigginshaw then. Yeah, um, and and good on them and blah, blah, blah. She's a, yeah. she's a, She's an inspiration, and yeah, more of that. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away, Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Rundrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Redradra. 
some news before we leave. Uh, Kyle Flanagan off to the Bulldogs, uh, effective 2021. Um, yeah, look, I mean, say whatever you want about his performances for the Roosters this year. Um, I mean, is it is this good from the Bulldogs to kick the? T- I think the Roosters are kicking in some of the cash as well, right? So why I not kick know. the tires on a guy with? I mean, despite a pretty disappointing season for the Roosters, a guy did have a lot of wraps around him in the, in the junior grades. You may as well. I While mean, you're still rebuilding for another six years. Yeah. The, the good yeah, thing about Flano is like at least is next year. Um <laughs> the good thing the good thing about Flano for the Bulldogs is at least next year there'll be New South Wales Cup. Oh so, true. Good point. Like he's been really good in New South Wales Cup. As, um, as you guys know, long time not a Kyle Flano raider. Haven't rated no. him in juniors or in, in reserve grade or now. And the numbers for mine, you can go back and look at his try assistants in mine. They are quite good in juniors, but he was like the half in a really good team. And he got those tries, we just threw it to a good player who then broke the line those situations and i just don't rate him i know storm some bulldogs fans are happy because oh at least it's better than x y or z you know i'm not actually really sure he's that much better than Lachlan lewis or jack cogger or those likes i think it's like i if, for my club i want better than this he's not as bad as Brody croft but like I, if i was a bulldogs fan, i had the same feeling if i signed kyle flanagan right now it's like oh we got the guy that the best one of the best team doesn't want and we're gonna hope to turn him around yeah, he's not very good. The, the Roosters have all they have. They have the training session. They have all the Kyle Flanagan's tape. They had him for longer, and they let him go early. Well, look, it's never after. good when the Roosters let someone go, and if we if stories are correct, even kick in some cash to get him out the door. So that's yeah. I mean, but hey, maybe we're all wrong, and the Bulldogs are geniuses. No, that's when did that happen? Okay, when sorry, did that that's, last happen? No, sorry, that was silly. The other rumored signings they get them fantastic. Yeah, if they get out of car, it's great. And but if keep Raymond Smith, Burton, he's good. Don't let him go. If they get Matt Burton, another cra- another cracking signing. But you know, it's a good player. It's got to happen too. It's got to yeah. happen first. Um, I yeah, it's out of car. Obviously, still remains up in the air. Obviously, I would love it if Souths got him. Um, and Wayne coming out and denying it last week just strengthens my belief that it's happening. So it does. That's all he does is deny them. <laughs> That's great. Um. Melbourne have been uh, rewarded with seven players called up to the two State of Origin squads, while six Panthers are also going to be taking part in the series. So Josh Adokar and Ryan Pappenhausen will be in the Blues camp with uh, Tino Fasumali, Branko Lee, Christian Welch, and Felice Kafusi and Cameron Munster joining Queensland squad. Uh, Kurt Catewell's in the Maroon squad, while Stephen Crichton, Liam Martin, Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yeo, and most curiously, Jerome Luai, named for the Blues. Um, Mitchell, uh, would a Blues team with Luai and Kiri in the halves just like tank the game. Mate, it feels like it because if you guys don't know, Jerome Luai has said he goes for Queensland. So, <laughs> and there was also a story two yeah. weeks ago where he said he'd play for his country rather than play state of origin. But yeah, you know. and I and I feel like in that two week period, he's either found out about the origin pay, pay paycheck or found out about the rep bonuses in his contract, origin bonuses that are likely in his contract. <laughs> That's what so, I feel like. So cynical. That's what I feel like because his quotes today. Of, of course, that's like, what happened. Of course, he, he goes. It. It's probably the highest footy that can be played. So I'm excited to get in there and experience with the boys. So after going on about how he wants to play for his country over state in two weeks, he's now calling Origin the pinnacle. That's yes, a man and a, who saw a, a, the paycheck. And of course, this uh, his his selection resulted immediately in people digging up the video of him whilst wearing a Samoa jersey, saying yeah, "Go the Maroons." And from the like, funny is that from last year. Oh, or the year before. But Not the great. funny part of that, mate, is like Brandy Alexander had been on the record as well saying they didn't pick Pangai last year because in the year prior, he said he'd supported the Maroons. Mm. 
Oh, <laughs> look, I don't want to sound like a like an old man yells at cloud kind of thing, but or, obviously Origin is the pinnacle, and Luai and Kiri are both fantastic players, and Luai has had a brilliant season. But the the passion is a lot of what makes Origin the spectacle that it is, and why it's so great. So I just have to question the wisdom of uh, calling up two guys who will be in if they play chief playmaking positions, who quite clearly don't care if the Blues win or lose. Oh, and sorry, I mean that in, I mean, I'm obviously not saying that they won't care if the team they're playing in wins. I'm saying in general, they if, don't care if the Blues win. Yeah, if they are not in a blue jersey, they are cheering for the other team. Correct. Which is fine. It's fine when like, you know, oh, Josh Reynolds grew up a Roosters fan, plays the Bulldogs, whatever. Yeah. There's a million teams. State of Origin's different. There's two teams. It's like when the Wallabies had a Kiwi coach. That just never sat well with me because I'm like, well, they're the only team out. we play. <laughs> so like, th- I don't like this. Yeah. And I don't yeah. like this either. Very true. And they have like four, five, eights in the squad now, don't they? What is it? Was yeah, it's just like Kiri, Luai, and what Whiten is that? It. it one and Walker. Team. And Walker, they got four. Sir, how dare you? The best Sir. of the lot, and and only one halfback. Yeah, but I mean, Kiri's played a lot of halfback at, for the Roosters at various. Yeah, points. no, but it feels like if Nathan Cleary gets injured, they're in trouble. Oh, they're fucked. They because should have picked Adam Reynolds. Why is he not in the squad? Uh, and then, like, but everyone, like, they're all deserving p- selections, though. And I mean, it, it was a bit ridiculous a few weeks ago. And again, Freddie picks on the last couple of weeks all the time. But we remember, like, round 18, they were saying no Panthers bar Cleary were going to make the team. Ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> they, they deserve some plays in there. But what were they, they seeing from Stephen Crichton and Jerome Luai earlier in the season that Andrew and Isaiah Yo that wouldn't have wanted you to pick them anyway? I don't know. I don't get it. And then for Queensland, um, yeah, it's been some, like, I was originally pro not picking Joshua Guides. So I've seen the full squad and it seems a bit ridiculous that guys like Josh Kerr make it over Maguire, but whatever. But the squad's all right. You know, he must I'm, be he, the he, worst bloke in the world for yeah. the players that have been picked ahead of him. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's a pretty shit human. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we've been on the record at least a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah once you cross the line of like, we can't, we're going to pick Josh Kerr. We've we're done with you. It's not great. But, uh, I do have that feeling that it's going to be one of those scrappy-ish Queensland teams with Wayne back as well that makes these games closer than they should be. And the pack's actually pretty good, the best pack they can pick, which will help keep that game scrappy. They don't have to rely on guys like maybe like a Branko Lee or someone having an Adam Mogg series. Is Alfie coming back? I hope no. so. Oh, I wanted to get GI in there, but apparently that's not happening. Um, I that was that's I've got point. two more two more origin related stories. That was actually one of them, yeah. so we may as well talk about that now. So, um, yeah, Greg Inglis. Uh, admitted that he'd given serious thoughts to answering a Queensland SOS, but said that a comeback would tarnish the jersey and that he wanted to give younger uh, players a chance. He's also vowed that he will honour his Warrington deal despite apparently big money offers from NRL clubs. Man, it wouldn't be fun. Like NRL clubs, isn't that weird if you went to another team here? I don't want that to happen. I don't think he wants that either, really. That would make me said, very sad. What if he goes to the second Brisbane team? That's fine. He can go there. He'd be, he'd be like 70 years old by then. Yeah, but Ballad. you know, you need but a big name. There's a whole other bunch of signings. And having seen him, he is right now a big name. So. Yeah, but before we get to your other signings, Mitchell, the other origin story I wanted to mention was um, Wayne Bennett. <laughs> oh, yeah. Apparently, like a film crew, which was led by Carl Stefanovic for some reason. That's why I'm like, off it. Going to do like a last dance type thing for origin. And Wayne just said, nah, fuck off. <laughs> and I took that personally. Like, I'm usually pro these kind of documentaries, but like Wayne was never letting it happen. And secondly, Carlsifer Novig doing it, I'm also out. Yep. Could, we have a, could we have a series about um, Andrew Fafita retaking his HSC and call it the test? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. Uh, the Dragons have signed Puasa for Sumali. Farmer Silly. 
Whatever. Some Wally's Basili, other yeah, they're, they're not related. Yeah, that's okay. Um, your lot, uh, two signings. Uh, yeah, well, Jacob has confirmed this on a Among Us game he was playing on Twitch uh, a couple of weeks ago. This? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I signed for Souths. Yeah, he legit said that playing Among Us on Twitch. But Emergency yeah, Souths signed Jacob Host and uh, Tane Milne as well. Another, which I guess, another nail in the James Roberts coffin by the looks of things. Well, Milne um, plays a bit of back row now too. But Milne, like, I, well, we need edges, so that's good. I like the host signing Milne, man. But he's been like, I can't believe he's only 25 because it feels like he's been at a new club. It's one of those guys decade. that feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Parramatta have signed uh, Tom Opacek, Isaiah Papali, and uh, hooker Joey Lusick from South. Isn't I thought he played for Manly. He did originally. Been at Saul yeah. for the last few years. Who was the Lusick that played for Manly? In, oh, that was Waddle. Whatever. There's no, this, so this Joey Lusick did Lussick. play for Manly, and Darcy yep. Lusick did as well. Joey right. did. So who was the hooker in the finals? Waddle. What? Wad- Waddell. Right, that's a different guy. They're, they're all Waddell. shit. Whatever. Okay, fine. They're that's getting not a hooker anyway. Uh, you, you're confusing me. Joey Lusick did play for Manly though. Okay, he... great. Uh, huge signings, clearly. Um, um, the Papali'i signing I like, and I'm interested in how that'll play out because Papali'i he did say mid-season he was only going somewhere to play on the edge. That's why he's leaving the Warriors. So yeah. I don't know if that means Sean Lane or Madison are going to the middle. I think Madison's the one they should do. Madison's but... such a tough one because he clearly does. He said he doesn't want to play in the middle, but anyone who watches footy knows that it's his best position. Yeah, so. and I mean he made the Origin squad there last year in the middle. I'd be sitting him down if I if I am Brad, uh, Brad Arthur and saying, look, you you know you were in the Origin squad last year as a middle. We need you know we need a better middle rotation. Blah blah blah. Try and get him in there. If he doesn't want to do it, well, fuck him. Turn him around another club like <laughs> like happened last time. But I'd be Gene up saying as well. You can be our Victor Radley or similar. You know, use his ball playing in there. But probably um, on the edge. I like Lachlan Burst line for Cowboys. Huge. Yeah, another um, mediocre forward up there. Good on. Good on I feel like he already played for them. <laughs> I don't Send know. him back. Play for the Titans, whatever. Same thing. Doesn't matter. Um, that's all the signings, I think. Um, yeah, Caleb Aikens yep. went to the Raiders. That was weird. Oh, he did. Okay. And then a few weeks ago, this one happened weeks ago where you didn't mention that Paddy Herbert went to the Titans, which I thought was a um was a good signing. Interesting. Decent player when he when he when from from the little bits that I've seen of the Warriors. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I think that... I think that's all the news. Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, we've right. had to go through a flurry of um a flurry of off-season signings. What, November 1st is in a couple right. of days. and be some team players trying to get out of contracts. So there's going to be some news over the coming weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll get that to you. Don't will, you worry will about we that. Have a, will we have a trade radio? We could have a trade week special. Trade, God, trade so stupid. Anyway, before we leave, I'd like to thank our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to support us, please do. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash NRL because we did see a little bit of a bump last week on the back of our six six episode week um, and and we can't thank you guys enough for supporting us uh, and we would like to give a special shout out to those people in our top two tiers of Patreon donations and they are Kylo Tyson, Bert Andrews, Frankie, Never Trendy, Dave, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Chris Avnell, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Ty, Simo Alley, Wayne Ritchie, Jason, Tom Hardy, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Maddie Jenkins, Josh Brandon and Morgan Watkins. Thank you guys so much for your support and to all the people in the uh, lower tiers as well. We love and appreciate you guys for supporting us throughout this entire season and through the off season as well, because we'll have plenty of content for you guys, not just, not just during the origin games, but after that as well. So um, that's it for another episode. Say goodbye, Dale. Bye. (laughs) So enthusiastic and say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.